we're we're literally right on the Chesapeake Bay. There's a the Chesapeake Bay is behind me while I'm preaching, and the and the and the massive rivers right in front of me where it comes out into the bay. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's oh, beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. Ducks are flying by. Geese yeah. are flying over. It's like, how could you not enjoy this? It's, yeah. We did a baptism a few, probably about a month and a half ago, and it literally was. We did this. We did the service. We did the testimonies, and then it literally was. We walked down over the hill and and baptized people in the river. I mean, it was like, yeah, this is good. This is it so is. much better than being. I can only I can imagine where you guys are. Just that picture, man, and then worshiping God yeah. on His creation. Uh, you know, sometimes the four walls is so constricting. Yep. When you're trapped in it, but. To be able to step out the last few Sundays to me has been such a great experience. And then also, I think you see, you really see in the body who's really committed to the gathering. Yeah. As opposed to an event who's going to be interested in corporate worship and exalting Christ, no matter where we are, because I get to worship God with his saints. Yep. I mean, we've had no amenities. We've had heat, humidity, flies, you know, you have it's it's i mean it's not been easy and and of course our older folk and those who are on oxygen you know they can't they can't weather that and i totally get it but it has been good for our people and to to realize hey this is this is what we're going to do we're not going to stop worshiping we don't care Amen. what it is we're not going to stop and uh, you know it's been yeah it has been really helpful for our church it's matured us in many ways which i'm thankful for so so you're not alone West Coast meeting outdoors. East yes, Coast. sir. We're about Let's as far do it, away. brothers. We're about. That's you're it. in Long Beach on the water. We're we're in Maryland on the water. So I'm in a I'm in a heathen state, yeah. but the earth is the Lord's <laughs> and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell in it it belongs to God. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I'm your host, Buddy Boone. Thank you for tuning in today. I have with me uh, over Zoom our uh, wonderful uh, pastor of the the greatest church uh, on the East Coast, Bellcroft Bible Church, and his name is Matt White. How you doing today, sir? I did not pay him to say that. <laughs> How you doing today, sir? Uh, I'm doing wonderful because we have the pastor of one of the greatest churches on the West Coast. Right. And uh, I thought you were going to be quiet this time and let me introduce him. I can't. <laughs> you can't help yourself. I know. I, I know. I know. That's how it is, man. I, you know I just, what? I'm I want not... your job so bad, buddy. <laughs> I'm not even mad. I'm not even mad. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that we have uh, some more time. Uh, and, and back I was about to say black by popular demand. That's what we used to say back in the 90s. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but, but back by popular demand, uh, the pastor of uh, Grace Church, Long Beach, uh, Pastor Seymour Helligard. How you doing today, sir? Yes, I'm doing well. Thanks, brothers, uh, for having me here. I'm sorry that you guys could not get the pastor of the greatest church in the West Coast, but I'm what's left. So thank you. <laughs> Well, Matt actually uh, hinted towards that, so I was going to leave that part alone, and and I would imagine that that would be uh, just more more than a given than anything, because I just have the the best pastors. And you know why you all are the best pastors? You know why? Because we're the only ones that will sit down <laughs> with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was okay. I was going to say I was going to say you you know that you're totally depraved. I was going to say it that way. You know. There you go. Yeah. I just that's true. It. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So you know, people pastors that don't think they're totally depraved, those are the worst kind of pastors. So those Amen. are the ones you want to stay away from. So, I, first of all, thank you uh, for joining me, gentlemen. It is definitely a pleasure to sit down and talk with you all. Um, we have a myriad of topics to talk about, but uh, the first thing is I want to get kind of like an update from uh, UC Moore to see uh, how church is going. And uh, obviously, I'm, I'm asking this question in light of what we have been seeing going on with uh, Grace Church, uh, Grace Community Church. Um, in LA uh, with John MacArthur and uh, I think it was yesterday uh, at the time of this recording we saw the news that you know judges are now <laughs> now saying that he cannot meet in person um, I know that you are in uh, the country of California the foreign country of California um, how is how is your church doing in the midst of all this madness well, you know, we actually have not met for a while. So when they actually have the stay-at-home orders, we have been meeting at a community center just outside of Long Beach. Mm -hmm. And so from the second Sunday in March, I believe that's the 15th of March, until uh, the end of July, we, we were not meeting in person. We were doing the online supplement uh, during that period. Mm -hmm. Of course, that did obviously put a strain uh, on the church. It, it is difficult for, for us who enjoy the fellowship to, to endure that for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But in the Lord's providence, we were able to meet for three out of the four Sundays in August, which was last month. And then this month and next month, uh, it seems for the foreseeable future that we'll be meeting every Sunday morning outdoors, of course, exercising the necessary safety precautions because we're still in community or city property. Mm -hmm. And so we want to be as compliant as possible. But the joy is that we're able to worship the Lord together. Uh, through this, there probably has been some casualties, not by way of death, as, as much as it is by way of, of those who may, may have a waning interest in attending outdoors or wearing a mask uh, or just a time that we were away from our corporate worship. But we still have had a very good core group there. But you know, I think at the end of all of that is that as a pastor, as a follower of Christ, I just enjoy worshiping with God's people and preaching the word of God. So if three people show up, it's just my family, I'll preach. Mm -hmm. And I'll continue to preach until the Lord calls me home. So it's, it's not really a matter of numbers as much as it is a matter of opportunity and the faithfulness of God to draw people uh, to attend. We've also had some visitors who are are looking to, to, to worship regularly because maybe their church has not had that opportunity or they've declined to do so out of maybe the fear or the precaution that they're taking. So we've had visitors to come and attend. And through that, there have been some people who have been looking for a place of worship prior to COVID who have been coming. So this is a, a very flexible time, a lot of changes, a lot of uncertainty from the natural view. But those of us who are confident in the, the predetermined counsel of our God knows that this is all a part of his purposes before the foundation of the world. And COVID didn't catch him off guard. Our, guard, our God is not coughing over COVID. Right. He's not being suffocated by COVID. He's the master over COVID. Therefore, he's working through COVID and in spite of COVID. So the will of God is still being done through all of that at Grace Community Church of Long Beach. So to God be the glory. 
Absolutely. Amen. Amen. That's good. So uh, I don't think we need to update uh, anybody on what we've been doing, right, Matt? Because we have pretty much been, you know, kind of updating throughout the time. So, um, you know, it's it's been fun. I think that the highlight of uh, our time worshiping outside is actually uh, I was a witness to an amazing uh, baptism. Uh, a good friend of mine uh, uh, who literally had a seizure the morning of his baptism still came and got baptized and uh, he hasn't had one since. Is that what is that? Yeah. He hasn't had one since I texted him yesterday and seizures uh, every two weeks since November. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a blessing. We've been praying for this dear brother just got saved last fall and, and he's had open heart surgery. He's had brain surgery, multiple wow. brain surgeries. And the seizures are a byproduct of just the reality of cutting open his brain and doing that. And they've just been struggling to find the right medicine. The doctors have been confident, but the poor guy's been just having seizures every two weeks on the dot, every two weeks and some more severe than others. And, and, uh, but he was so anxious and excited to get baptized, just wanted wanted to go through it and uh but he knew if he called me and told me he had a seizure i wouldn't i wouldn't let him come you know <laughs> so he didn't tell me until after after he was baptized <laughs> and then he, <laughs> then he told me uh rascal but uh yeah but they, they've he's done really well i mean we've been we've just been praying that the doctors will find the right medicine and he's yeah he hasn't had a seizure since which is really exciting yeah, nothing okay. nothing was going to stop him that day. He no. was determined to go down in that water and come back up. He was determined. So, yep. yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm grateful for that. But just seeing a, a baptism in the river, that was that was just a sight to see. I mean, let me tell you how hot it was. I mean, it was it was hot hot. I mean, yeah, that that's that was one of those days where you are thankful for redemption cuz you don't want to feel that heat later. Lots uh, of people wanted to be rebaptized <laughs> that day. <laughs> Just, right. just just let me swim in it. Just let me just, just go ahead. Down, right? Yeah, it was, actually, it was actually, it was kind of funny because the jellyfish were so bad. So this is salt water, right? And the jellyfish were so bad, and we were wondering whether or not we could even do it because they were because of the weather and and the way it had been so hot. The jellyfish had all come into the river, and and uh, when I went out, I, I I didn't go out as far as really you need to go. To really baptize easily you know with the buoyancy and the water because they were just the more the further you went the more jellyfish there were and i'm like literally pushing them out of the way as people are coming out to be baptized yeah but my, nobody got nobody got stung we nobody had a yeah, some of the staff uh, my daughter was included in that uh she was they were all holding a, a net to keep the uh, jellyfish away but yeah. yeah they were still coming so yeah i yeah. i say that that uh that's a how baptism is divinely sifting the sheep and the goats right there. Oh yeah. Right. The real, the real, the real people will be baptized even in the jellyfish. So. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's neat. So <laughs> since we have kind of updated, I, I want to get your, your thoughts because, uh, you know, Matt, we, we discussed this previously on the uh, podcast that, you know, you had a lot of questions concerning, uh, you know, the the all of the the legislation basically that was brought down uh, towards uh, uh, Pastor John and 
you know, now uh, it's kind of basically just going back and forth. They lost the parking lot that they were using for parking. So um, I would imagine that the tents and stuff they had outside, they, you know, probably don't have use of that other parking lot for parking. And now, you know, it's just, it just messes, you know, muddies the waters basically. Um, so now that it is, you know, kind of at this point where they um, have been blocked from being inside, I mean, uh, as a pastor, how would you all handle a situation like this? I, I think that would be a good question to ask that way. Not not both of you at once, though. Who do you want to go first? <laughs> I thought you, I thought he said Matt, Pastor Matt. So I, I did, I did, I did. Oh. Uh, well, yeah, so let me say let me say a couple things, and then Seymour will clean it up, make it better. Um, <laughs> right. One. <laughs> One is, however I would handle it, I'm sure John MacArthur would do it totally different and do it better, for right. sure, right? And I don't even know if I could even answer how I would do it if I was there, right? Because that's a whole nother, that's a world that it's just hard to even fathom that mm-hmm. leadership at that level with all that they're dealing with and whatnot. But, uh, and uh, so it's hard for me to even put my feet in those shoes and say, I you know, I don't know. I don't know exactly what the judge ruled. I don't know. You know, I mean, if they if, if they can still meet outdoors, then I'd meet outdoors. You know, I mean, yeah, they I mean, can. It, it, yeah, I mean, so for me, you know, I don't know what the ruling was, so I can't. It's hard for me to say. Well, this is specifically what the judge said, so I would do this. But assuming that the judge says, okay, you can't meet indoors because that's the general rule or whatever. Well, then we'll meet outdoors. I mean, if we meet outdoors, but they got a big parking lot there, then you meet outdoors. You know, to me, it's, it's, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but again, I don't know all the details to the, to what was said. I, I haven't even read anything. I was on the phone call the other day when, you know, with Pastor John when he was talking about it. But now that the ruling's out, um, you know, that changes things. You mm-hmm. know, the judge comes down and says, you can't meet. Well, then you can't can't meet right in that sense doesn't mean you still can't worship you have to worship Mm -hmm. right we're gonna worship that's not the issue but um so yeah i think i think i'd find a way to worship that's i mean that's what we've done yeah and that's what we're always gonna do yeah um and you just figure that out you know um sooner or later they're gonna lock the doors that's what's gonna happen there i mean they'll come in and chain up the doors i mean that's what they'll do i mean that's what government does and so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, one or two things is they'll just go right back inside and meet, which is probably what will happen, I imagine. And, uh, but eventually you're going to, you know, end up outdoors anyway, probably. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, that's why we went outdoors. It was just, it was just easier. It was easier and, and, uh, just to, it was safer. It was easier. And, um, I think, you know, for us, it was wiser just to, just to meet outdoors. We yeah. could meet and with less restrictions, less uh, problems, we could worship better because indoors we'd had more restrictions, more problems, more, you know, onerous rules placed upon us, which would inhibit our, our worship. And uh, so that's why we chose to go outdoors and it's been great. It's been great. I mean, we, I mean, without reservation, we haven't agreed with most of what our county executives and stuff have put upon us, but um, we've tried to do it in a 
in a manner that we just we just move forward. We're just going to worship. Okay, we'll go worship over here. We're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the deal with grace is it is again it's a it's a different beast because you're dealing with six thousand people. You know, it's a whole lot. To, you know, we're a couple hundred people versus six thousand people. There, you know, that's a big difference. Yeah. They just can't go outdoors, right? right. So again. It it's hard to it's 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 apples and oranges to say it mildly, and so I get it, right? They they're they're they can either worship in their building or it's it gets really really hard for them more so than it does for the quote unquote you know normal sized church, right? Yeah. The, the and so I get it, I get that. That's a, that's what I mean when I say I don't know I don't know what I would do if I was in their shoes because it's it's a different beast. You know, but one thing for sure I would not do, and I can guarantee you on my life, they will not do this, knowing John MacArthur is, I would not not worship, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to worship, like Seymour said. Mm-hmm. You're going to worship. You have to work. You're going to preach. And Pastor John did that even when they were online. And he, I think he'll continue to do it in some form or fashion. They're going to worship. They're going to meet. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I would do. And in cleanup. Seymour. Lean up. Oh yeah, that was that was actually really good, brother. Um, I guess living in California and kind of looking at what's been going on, uh, the sense is that what the CDC is portraying and also defining as far as this particular COVID event is, is that it is not a pandemic or it's not as serious as an issue as they first thought. And so a lot of the suggestions by CDC has been relaxed in general. Um, California has actually rejected CDC's proposals and adopted some of their own on a local level because of the disagreement that they think that they have with the CDC. But the percentage of, of the COVID cases here is extremely low when you think of the population. And, and it's only in a few counties where you actually have a a problem that is what we'd say something that should be closely examined, but it is not like threatening. So I think based on those numbers, the the belief is that the stipulations do not match the situation. So I think that's a part of the problem. Another challenge I think has to do with meeting publicly without the necessary health stipulations or guidelines or mandate. Uh, of course, I know I did, I did a Q&A for our church a few weeks ago, and um, I said there, there is a difference between a law and a mandate. Nothing's been actually um, motion passed and approved uh, or motion approved and passed. So you don't really have a, a law. It's just really a, a temporary restraining order um, for the health and well-being of society until it all clears. So once we got past the, the the flattening of the curve, things started to trend in a positive direction in California and, and other states. And uh, the officials did not move sufficiently enough to actually reflect the positive trends. So what you have here in California, and, and you can have that in any, any other places, there's, there's a growing rate of depression. There's a growing rate of abuse. Uh, there's a growing rate of neglect when it comes to children and the possibility of children actually being malnourished because they, they don't have, they didn't have the public uh, schools help. 
uh, from March until June when it comes to meals. Obviously, they, they lost some of those friendships. And then when it comes to online education, uh, some families either could not afford the technology or could not afford to pay for the internet, maybe could not afford the, maybe the hike in the electric bill. Uh, whatever the situation is, uh, the, the mandate and the stay-at-home orders did not sufficiently compensate for the broad spectrum of our socioeconomic circumstance in California. And so now you, you have a situation where depraved people are struggling and they don't know anything else to do but to do what depraved people do. Then the church, which is supposed to be a bastion of truth, is, is told that it's not essential and, all, and so to remain in the back corner. So I think all of those all of those uh, issues does it does tend to to aggravate and agitate and rub against us as as humans, and so I think that's also part of the problem there. Now going back to indoor worship, um, the indoor worship if, if social distancing is not being exercised, then obviously the seat officials will not be pleased with that, and also the masks were not uh, required at some of those services, and so I think some of those are are concerns that that was raised by. Uh, the officials. Um, you know, I think for every local church, every church needs to do what it, it thinks is best. There is, I think, the challenge of the conscience of the congregation, uh, as well as the convictions of the leaders. Sometimes that doesn't always line up. Uh, I know even in my small congregation, uh, I like to call it intimate congregation because I don't like to go with quantity, but in our more intimate congregation, uh, <laughs> what, what you have is you have a variety uh, of, of convictions when it comes to what submission looks like. Yeah. And I would say that that's probably the crux in this incidence with, with, with wherever it may be, uh, is that there is probably a question as to how far can our leaders go in executing uh, their authority over us as citizens uh, per the scriptures and then also uh, per uh, the constitution. Uh, it is amazing that what you find is you find a variety of, of conclusions when it comes to those things. So as pastors, we have to be careful that um, we, we, we want to be, as I say, sympathetic to both sides, but remain fixed when it comes to, as, as Matt said, corporate worship. Find ways to worship together. Um, I told someone the other day, there's no need for us to try to worship illegally against the law. We're not in China. This is not China right now. Find every means to worship lawfully and respectfully until they remove every opportunity for corporate worship. Yep. Once they remove opportunity for corporate worship, then you must obey God rather than man. But if they set restrictions, um, I, I don't really see that as really persecution for the church. I think it's, we're being primed for persecution, but I don't think this is persecution at all. Uh, I think we're, we're seeing evidence of the church being challenged, but so are other institutions and businesses being challenged as a result of this. So there's obviously a, an issue going on with the government possibly overreaching where they ought not to overreach. But at the end of the day, though, we, we have to find ways to worship legally and uh, in a way that will not overthrow the conscience of another believer, because some believers are actually struggling over the mask or the no mask. And we know that some believers are in fear over that, and we do need to encourage them not to be in fear, uh, because if you don't die of COVID, you may die of a fallen tire because of a plane lost one at 36,000 feet and it just happens, happens to land on your head. <laughs> Look, we, we are susceptible to death at any angle. Mm -hmm. And for us to think that if I stay home and wear my mask all day, I won't die is absolute folly. 
And when it's time for you to die, you don't need COVID. You just need God's time. And when it is time, it is time. So now I digress. I'm not going to press that point too much because I think there's a general sense of fear of death over COVID and people don't realize that you have to stand before a just judge. And if you fear those who can harm the body, but not the one who can cast both body and soul in hell, that's a serious issue. Oh, yeah. But if you're staying home from worship because now you're staying home from worship because you fear COVID, that's not a virtue. Now, if you're staying home because you have online conditions and you're being cautious, but your trust is in God, that's a different element altogether. But saints should worship fearlessly and they should worship wisely. They should worship respectfully and they should worship joyfully. And I think in doing so, you bring a sense of balance, even for those who may agree or not agree with the mask mandate. Yep. Yeah, I, I've, I've said from the beginning with this that that the issue with this, because it's not a national issue, and it's not, right? The, meaning the, the president or the Congress nationally has not put down a mandate upon the church. It's been local. It's been like you know with you it's it's state but it's even more local right it's even county driven as it right. is with us the county in maryland that we're in is the worst county in all of maryland that's why we haven't really opened up yet and and in some sense they've been right not to do that because it's literally the worst i mean we're right on dc's door and we are the worst county in all of maryland and more people have died and gotten covid in our county than just about all the other ones you know put together i mean it's that crazy so I get that. I get that. And, and that reality really demands that the church have a multifaceted response where it's not what you're doing in California isn't the same of what we're going to do in Maryland, right? Because it's, we're under different restrictions. We're under different regulations. We're under different requirements. And so our responses need to be varied. And then you're exactly right. We're, we've got different leaders, we've got different maturity levels in our congregation, and we've got to lead wisely. We've got to be as harmless as doves and wise as serpents. And I just am concerned that there's going to be a lot of foolish decisions through some of this, where you're going to get some unwise young pastors to do things that they're going to regret down the road. And it's like, yeah, let's weather this storm. Let's get through it. It, it, it will pass. And uh, we don't want to destroy our congregations being anybody's flag bearer and uh, just, just be faithful. Let's figure out we can do this. Let's be wise until you have no other option. And then that's different. But we, you know, we got options. We got options. And so I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. Grace. Grace is huge. We need to, we need to show grace to one another and help each other through this and not throw down mandates where, Everybody needs to be doing the same thing because, again, we're not all required to do the same thing. You know, the churches, we're right on, literally, our church almost sits on the county line. It's, it's so funny. It literally cuts almost right up through our property. And the churches next to us, they have a totally different, they, they have very relaxed, um, uh, uh, their county is very relaxed compared to ours, right? And so it's like, yeah. I can't do. One of the pastors called me a few weeks ago, and he's like, "How are you guys not meeting in your building?" I'm like, "Cause we can't." <laughs> you know, I mean, I'd love to, but we can't. And he's like, "Oh, I didn't know." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, our county is 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 just not there yet." So, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna demand different 
different things for different guys and wisdom, wisdom and patience. Yeah. Patience. Literally uh, so. like, like, like what, a quarter mile away, a, a half a mile away. Uh, if, if the church was built a half a mile away, then we would have been able to, you know, go, be yeah. under those rules versus the county that we're in. So, yeah, it's 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 just it's just where the Lord has it. But I'm thankful because this yeah. meeting outdoors has been a huge blessing for our church. It has really helped us on multiple levels. And uh, I think we've got about probably about another month or so that we'll be able to do that before the weather really turns, you know, out here and becomes a real issue. We've we've only had one real rainstorm that we've had to deal with, which has been amazing to think we've been meeting through June, July, August, and we've only had one and we still met and we when we we lost power, you know, we lost everything. We couldn't live stream, we couldn't, but we still met. We still worshiped. We still sang, we still prayed, we still preached. Amen. Yeah, it was. That's that's the church, brother. Listen, listen, Seymour. It was so funny because it didn't start that way. But in the middle of my sermon, you know, the wind kicked up and the rain started blowing, and so we're. Was under that a, was that the judgment of God and your preaching? No, I'm just kidding. Listen, listen, man. It wouldn't surprise me, right? I, I was watching it, and I was all of a sudden people started getting up because we're under a pavilion and there, we have tents around it that people sit under. And I'm watching everybody stand up on the edges because the wind's blowing the rain in. And I thought, oh, people are going to leave because I'm just figuring, all right, they're going to go to their cars. No, nobody left. They all just moved in towards the pavilion and sat back down. I thought, this is encouraging. Nobody wants to leave, even in the rainstorm. So, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's so good to hear. But I I do want to just extend my gratitude to the Lord for the wisdom, right, in um, you, you do want to glean from others and see what they're doing and see how they're responding, but you have to know your congregation, yep. know your flock well, and then know how to encourage them along the way faithfully. And as you said, you know, for, for each county, each region, it's going to be different based on the people. For a pastor who's buried two or three, four COVID uh, uh, members, it's going to be different for him because it's etched in his mind. Yep. Another thing too is that as pastors, we are not responsible for the physical well-being of our congregants. So therefore, we don't want to take on that burden of responsibility. Hmm. Our responsibility is for their soul, for the inner man. And so for, for, the, for the area of expertise that we're not versed in, we want to defer wisely to those whose counsel in that area, because God has given them the gift or ability in the field of medicine or understanding uh, these viruses. And then you make a wise decision prayerfully based on concrete evidence that you think is reliable and trustworthy. Then you do what's best for the congregation to worship together safely. uh, But, and in a sense where they know that you care also for their physical well-being. So if there's, if you're in a high risk area, uh, there has to be some wisdom applied, uh, but I, I do know that we we have to at least still try to worship together corporately in person as much as we can because uh, the the online uh, feature is not a sustainable one when it comes to our life together. But yeah, the the precautions are important, and then you plan based on those precautions and uh, trust the Lord uh, with the results. Yeah, we. Uh... Yeah, we we it's you're exactly right. It's amazing how how many uh, churches in our area are not even doing anything. They're not doing anything, 
and wow. uh, and it's really sad because you can't. I mean, you, again, we can't not worship. I mean, we're commanded to. This isn't optional. And right. and then, of course, our life depends on it. Our spiritual life. This is this is this is health. This is how we feed. This is how we grow. This is, you know, I was telling somebody today. It's like not eating. You can't not eat. You'll die. Right. Your body won't let you. Right. It's going to start eating itself alive. So it is spiritually. You can't not worship. Your you will your body will eat itself alive spiritually. You'll come unglued. And of course, I think we're watching that on so many levels. And so for me, it's not even it's not even an option. And yet for so many pastors in our area, I mean, I know churches that have not met since March, right? Not because again, the initial COVID thing was real and you know, we all had to deal with that and figure that out. But I mean, now that we've all come out of that and we know, okay, it's not what it was, they're still not meeting. And I'm like, I, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't understand. And sadly, we've seen some of those people end up at the camp. So we, we don't even advertise that we're meeting at the camp. You go to our website, it just says no services online. I mean, we haven't made a big deal of it and uh, for, for multiple reasons. And people will show up at the camp and mm. just say they've heard about it. And when I get to talking with them, you know, yeah, we're from so-and-so church. We haven't met since March. We can't we can't deal with this anymore. We want no. to meet with the believers, and Amen. So it's encouraging. It's encouraging. You know, I I, I love your preaching, uh, Matt, but that is literally uh, part of why I love meeting in person. Um, you know, the preaching, obviously, the worshiping as well, the singing, and uh, but even bigger, it's like you know, I just I just need hugs. You know, I need handshakes. I need to see the people that, you know, I consider my family and in a lot of ways closer than my family, you know, and it is it's it's like I and I text I text uh, I text Mike about it because it was like I just I was thinking I, was, I haven't seen Mike like I saw him, you know, two weeks ago when we had service. But it's like I just I just need to see him like I just need to see him. I need to hug him. I need to know that he's doing well. And, you know, it's like. Like, I miss that, you know, throughout the week. It's like, OK, but like I anticipate it, you know, throughout the week. It's like, OK, I'm going to church Sunday. I'm going to church Sunday. And even though we're outside, we have to wear masks. And uh, as Todd Friel calls them, uh, face diapers, you know, <laughs> I've heard other people call them uh, uh, some other things. But, you know, it's like I'd really like and I really enjoy the entire like just meeting together and 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 fellowship and and you know the the word coming forth and you know seeing you know being there while it's coming forth is awesome but you know also the singing you know it's like it's just sitting there you know singing the songs and and hearing uh you know hearing other people sing uh about <laughs> about uh the the trinity as as we were talking about the other day it's like just actually singing those things that is it's been it's been amazing and it has been what is you know just just the thing that i had missed while we were just online you know yeah i could get up and you know i could be in my pajamas and just sit down in my chair and watch it but it's just not the same being in the same vicinity and it didn't have to be the building Listen, Just like the same vicinity as, you know, my it, other brothers and sisters. It's not church. It's not. Online is not church. It's not. And, and that's why I kept telling our church that. It's, it's like we can't, you can't do church online. I can preach online, 
but you right. can't do church online. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it's it's, it's it's a it's a supplement and a bad one because it's you know that you you can't a supplement is not as effective without the main course. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're supposed to have a main meal before you take the supplement, so it's like a vitamin without the meal. Yep. So after a while, it starts to eat you out, and you get the ulcers. I also noticed that for me, preaching is not the same without the congregation because it, it is a participatory moment. Amen. It is me engaging with the text of Scripture by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit and the congregation engaging and listening attentively and responsively with the enabling grace of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So preaching was not the same no. without the congregation being there because it was not meant to be done in isolation. The, the community effect is, is deep when you're talking about the friendships the faces, uh, the, the worship, the singing together is, is different when we gather. We've actually had to simplify our corporate worship because we're outdoors. So you hear a lot more of the congregation uh, singing. You know, and, you know, it's good to hear the key ranges. I didn't know there was a key of Z. Uh, but <laughs> somehow there is a key of Z at my church. So we, we have all 26 alphabets represented oh, in, our, uh, in our key range. That is funny. But but there is there's something special about hearing them just shout out truths to God about who he is and what he's in the person of Christ. And then when you get up there and preach, you, you know that the preaching has a different element because you're, you're preaching together. Yeah. Yep. I'm, I'm preaching with you because I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm battling in the power of the Holy Spirit against these indwelling sins. God is graciously sanctifying. We're being sanctified together in this truth. There's nothing left of corporate gathering. And so it can never be substituted. So to that point, just a quick infomercial. If you are at home on Sunday mornings and are online streaming, there's a church near you. You are not participating. Oh, yep. You are a spectator. Mm. And spectators are not a part of this eternal work of the Holy Spirit. Only way to participate in true corporate worship is to be with each other. You think about the one another, one others in Scripture. It doesn't say it doesn't say text one to another. <laughs> it says to speak, speak to each other. It's a reciprocating effect. Yeah. It's something that is being returned to each other. It has to be done in person. If we're not together, the one another's aren't happening, and they're well over uh, sixty plus, even more of those things in the scripture. If not, I think it's probably around one sixty in the scripture, where these commands to do these things one to one another begins with. Our Savior's command in, in John 13, 34, love one toward each other and reciprocate this love as I have loved you. It has to be done in person. Yeah. So if you're not attending physically, then you're a spectator, not a participator. Amen. Amen. And, and the church said amen. Amen. The Hebrews, <laughs> Hebrews 10 is clear. That command of gathering together for stirring up one another to love and good deeds cannot yeah. happen virtually. Yeah. There's nothing about that that virtual that you can do that virtually. Right. And, Amen. Uh, it it has to be physical. It has to be emotional, relational. It has to be congregational, and that's the point. And the church is amazing. I I really believe uh, that so much of this COVID stuff is is in the long run. I mean, it's got a sovereign. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blessing. You know, we want we we may not even fully see it. But God is purifying his church. I, I, you know, I have seen it in our church and uh, he's purifying, he's strengthening, he's, he's weeding out, he's doing all that he's doing. And um, I know for me, I mean, my love for the church has only deepened 
you know, for the institution, yes. for the blessing. It's only grown in my, even in my understanding of the vital, the vital nature of the church. Like I'm, I was already convicted and committed to it. I mean, this is my life, right? But coming through this, I'm coming out more convinced that we have to gather together publicly every single week, more than I did even before. And uh, that's that's one of the lessons I'm coming through going, yeah, I believe more in the church now than I even did before. And I would have died for the church before, right? <laughs> so right. It's, it's huge. It's awesome. And, I want it. And that's what the, the world doesn't get that, right? That's why they tell us we're not essential. That's why they tell us, mm-hmm. you know, don't sing. That's why they tell us you can't gather. Because the world just doesn't get this. It, and it's sad, but, but we do get it. And that's why we have to gather. That's why we must gather. That's why we must assemble. That's why we have to sing. No matter, I know in our county they say you can't sing. I'm like, I'm sorry, we have to sing. We're not we're not going to not sing. We have to sing. So we're going to stop here and then come back next time. But now here is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bibelns evangelium börjar med Gud. Ur intet skapade Gud allt, även dig och mig, för att ge honom välbehag. Hans mening med att skapa människan var att vi skulle älska, tillbe och glädja oss helt i honom. Istället har människan syndat mot sin kärleksfulla skapare och revolterat mot honom. Eftersom Gud är god och rättvis måste han straffa synden som förtjänar evig, avsiktlig bestraffning under Guds vrede i helvetet. Men Gud, som är nådefull, kärleksfull och barmhärtig, hade en plan för att bestraffa synden för att vara en rättvis domare och ändå förlåta syndare för att visa nåd. Genom att sända sin egen son Jesus Kristus, själv sann, evig Gud, för att klä sig i en människokropp och på så sätt uppfylla Guds perfekta krav istället för syndare att älska, tillbe och glädja sig i honom. Dessutom bar Jesus Guds fulla dom på korset då han tillfredsställde Guds eviga vrede över synden genom att ta syndarens plats trots att han själv var helt fri från synd. Gud visade att han tog emot Kristi offer genom att han uppväckte Jesus från de döda efter tre dagar i graven. Nu bjuder Jesus alla överallt att omvända sig, vända bort från sina synder och tro, lita på honom. Det här är den strålande förändringen. Gud ger Kristi perfekta syndvrihet till lösen för syndaren och ser honom inte längre som en fiende men istället som adopterade söner och döttrar täckta av sin egen sons rättfärdighet. Vi kan nu ha frid med Gud och evigt liv med honom. Det är sant för varje person, i varje kultur, varje plats, varje språk för alltid. Så vårt svar till dessa goda nyheter är omvändelse och tro. Kära lyssnare, se, nu är den rätta tiden. Nu är frälsningens dag. Vänd bort från dina synder, tro på Herren Jesus Kristus och bli försonad med Gud idag. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal, conscious punishment under God's wrath and hell. But God, being merciful 
loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own Son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal Son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone everywhere to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in to this. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to the Truth Talks Podcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at the Truth Talks Podcast. And visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.